At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to Point Spread Saturday here on VSN, a full college basketball slate, NBA All Star Game, slam dunk contest, three point contest, and more. Of course, plenty of futures to get to now that the NFL season is over. We turn and pivot to the hardwood and a whole lot of futures. In football. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you so much for joining me here on Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Jam packed show for you guys today as we start life without football and the NFL. Post Super Bowl 56, a game in which the Los Angeles Rams were crowned Super Bowl champions and one where uh, they did not cover the four and a half point spread. The Bengals. Uh, hang on to cover the number and the Rams go on to win the championship. And, you know, it was a game that kind of played out the way we talked about last Saturday on point spread Saturday in thinking that it was going to be a, a tight, close game, one where the Bengals sort of were back and forth. Uh, and one of the things that we talked about a lot in that game sort of came to fruition, which was both of the coaches really making some head scratching decisions in these games. I, I know that everybody right now wants to turn around and crown both Sean McVay and Zach Taylor as coaches that are going to be at the top of this game for a very long time. I'm just not there yet. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many more times I had to watch Sean McVay decide to run Cam Akers into a brick wall for three and a half quarters before he decided, you know what, maybe I'll just throw the ball to Cooper Cup relentlessly and we'll go out and win a football game. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't have taken three and a half quarters to do that. And I'm not exactly sure what Zach Taylor was doing with the game on the line in third and one when you have Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and you dial up a play for Samaj P. Ryan. Um, again, these are these are kind of questionable coaching decisions that I look at these two guys and go, I'm not ready to crown them yet. Uh, clearly, uh, these are two very talented rosters uh, and, and very talented quarterbacks that have helped elevate these coaches to a little bit better than where they are. Uh, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I don't want to come out and start the show slamming both of these guys, but it was just something that we talked about last week leading into the game um, that seemed to come to fruition that I, I had questions about the way both of these coaches would handle these games in tight moments. And, and it just seemed to, to work out that way. Um, and, and a variety of, you know, props that came through that were sort of unexpected. You know, uh, one that we were hitting on last week was Odell Beckham Jr. He was trending towards his over five and a half and hit his receiving yards prop. And of course, he has the ACL injury and doesn't get there. Um, Cooper Cup falls short of his yardage prop, um, but still manages to win the MVP, which cast out nicely, I think, at about plus 1,400. Uh, and there were a couple of other ones that were really beneficial to people. 
um, and, and including a very quirky missed extra point or two-point conversion failure, depending on how your sports book paid it out. But certainly was a good Super Bowl 56, an exciting game to say the least, and uh, certainly expect more uh, from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals going forward. And now the discussion, the ridiculous discussion begins of Matt Stafford and whether he belongs in the Hall of Fame. For the record, Matt Stafford does not belong in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you, you, you don't get to be in the Hall of Fame if you've never even once been considered an All-Pro, uh, never once been considered the top five in your position at any point in your career. But this is where we are in 2022 when we decide that you know, everybody wins the Super Bowl, gets to go in the Hall of Fame. Um, it, it is what it is. So, anyway, uh, we take a look at some of the futures uh, for the 2023 season or 2022 season, rather, coming up as the Bills are installed at favorites to win it all at plus 750. And why not? I mean, this is a team that, when you kind of take the 10,000 foot view of the NFL playoffs this year, they were clearly the best team on both sides of the ball of all the playoff teams that were there. I don't really know if that's debatable. I, I think they were. Now, again, the best team doesn't always win the Super Bowl. Heck, the best team doesn't always win the conference. Were the Bengals the best team in the AFC? Heck, no, they weren't. Um, but uh, they represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. So I think it's fair to install the Bills as favorites. They'll play with a chip on their shoulder. They certainly have the quarterback. Uh, they certainly have the defense. They were top five in both of those on offense and defense. And some people may question the loss of Brian Dable as he heads off to coach the New York Giants uh, and what that's going to mean for his offense. And I think one of the things that people will look at and, and the closest example is what happened in Tennessee when Arthur Smith left to coach the Atlanta Falcons and, and see if there was any regression from Ryan Tannehill because he did so much to elevate Ryan Tannehill. And really, we don't know the answer to that yet. I would say um, that. The Ryan Tannehill that still had Derrick Henry, who had 940-some-odd yards rushing through the first seven games of the year, still looked pretty good, and that offense still looked pretty good. And it wasn't a situation where you had to question uh, whether Tannehill was any good or the offense was any good. Once Derrick Henry got hurt, everything changed for that Tennessee offense. So I don't really know if we have a big enough sample size yet to judge what happened to Ryan Tannehill after Arthur Smith left. I still don't have any concerns about Josh Allen without Brian Dable. I mean, clearly Allen has proven he can elevate on his own. He can make plays with his legs. He's got you know, a rocket for an arm. I think he's shown everything you need to show that he is not going to be phased by a new offensive coordinator calling plays, even though it's one he's already familiar with. And Ken Dorsey was elevated from quarterback coach uh, to, to now offensive coordinator in Buffalo. So the scheme isn't going to change or anything like that. But I don't think there's any concern. Uh, the Buffalo Bills clearly – uh, have one of the easiest paths to a division title. Um, and, and New England Patriots fans will probably scoff at me for saying that. And Mac Jones, the pro bowler, whatever. Uh, they're just not as talented as Buffalo at this point in time. Sean McDermott is one of the best coaches in the NFL at this point in time. Certainly understand the Bills being installed as the top favorite, along with the Chiefs. Why not? Um, you look at some of the other teams that are there that are near the top of the favorites. Obviously, the Rams come in at 11-1. I think the Bengals at 12-1 are way overpriced. Um, I, I, if the Bengals get back to the Super Bowl, that may be one of the more surprising things we have ever seen. And if they do, it's because Joe Burrow is the MVP next year. Now that I might take a flyer on it, Joe Burrow winning the MVP because, uh, he could present that type of, of, uh, of put those type of numbers up and elevate his team that way. But I think they're way overpriced. I, the Bengals aren't that good. This is a team with a turnover differential of zero through 17 or 17 regular season games this year. So they still have some ways to go, and they still have offensive line issues, as we saw throughout the entire postseason. Um, that's not a Super Bowl-caliber team on the regular. They're going to need some more help to get there, um, and I don't think they would do it again. Cowboys come in at 12-1. to Broncos and Packers at 16-1. to 
Uh, and then you start to get into the real, you know, 20 to one long shots and better Cardinals, Ravens, Patriots and Titans at 22 to one Colts at 25 to one Chargers 25 to one along with the Buccaneers as well. Of course, you don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be like. So it's very tough to handicap uh, what the Buccaneers are going to be able to do. But there is one team that if you're looking for a long shot that I really have my eye on and I am so surprised that they are this far of a long shot. In fact, they are the longest shot in their division and there are 10 teams above them that made that failed to make the postseason last year. And this team made the postseason this year. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders coming in at 50 to one. This is incredible value for a team that made the playoffs last year, given all that they had to go through and all of the tumultuousness of that season, losing their head coach, Henry Ruggs going to jail. I mean, everything that went upside down and they still managed to make the postseason and a game they probably could have won and should have won if you didn't have the officials get in the way and some really bad clock management and play calling down the stretch uh, again, why coaching matters, they may have fixed that with Josh McDaniels coming in. And that really is the question mark. I know it's tough to bet on Josh McDaniels because we saw what happened in Denver and clearly he's never really spent a lot of time without Brady and without Belichick. So we don't have a very large sample set of what he can be, but if we can extrapolate what he did in new England, even with Tom Brady and say he can do even a small fraction of that, with Derek Carr, who continues to be one of the most underrated quarterbacks in this league, then this this Raiders team has every chance to get back to the postseason and win the AFC. Uh, They are right there. This is also a team whose defense this year finished 14th. The previous year, total defense, they were 25th. They're getting better. They're getting more complete. They're going to add more players on this team. They've got some cap room to work with. Um, and, and this is the team, if there was the if the Kansas City Chiefs had one divisional kryptonite, it's Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. That's the one team that has beaten them, uh, that knows how to beat them, um, and has done it with semi-regularity since Patrick Mahomes has shown up. And so the fact that they are the longest odds in their division and that the Denver Broncos, with, with currently Drew Locke, as the quarterback on their roster and Teddy Bridgewater have better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Raiders to me is laughable. I mean, it just is. I I, I get that they have the defense and they have the running game and the formula and everything else. But, you know, uh, I, I think at this point for all the talent that Justin Herbert has behind Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr is the most second most consistent quarterback, or maybe even the way we saw Patrick Mahomes play this year, maybe even the most consistent quarterback in that division. So I think there are great odds, incredibly long at 50 to one. I mean, I look at the Raiders as, as odds to win the division. Um, and, and and because you realize when you're Kansas City how hard it is to win that many games that many years in a row. Yeah, it gets tougher and tougher every single year. Uh, and so I think the Raiders are great value bet. I mean, how the Washington commanders have better odds to, to win the Super Bowl than the Las Vegas Raiders do. Uh, how the Pittsburgh Steelers, who you don't even know who their quarterback is going to be at this point in time, right now it's Duck Dodges or whatever his name is, uh, at 40 to 1, better odds than the Raiders, a playoff team from last year. That is just, you know, crazy to me. The Saints have better odds. Who, who's, I mean, their coach, their quarterback situation, all of this stuff is up in the air for a team like the Saints, and they have better odds than the Las Vegas Raiders. So if you're asking me for a long shot right now, put a little pizza bet down on, on the Raiders at 50 to 1. I think it's incredible value. You know, usually at this point, if I'm going to make a wager on uh, NFL futures, I'll take one of the favorites and then I'll take a long shot and watch how these numbers change across the course of the off season. 
when you start to get into free agency and you get into drafts and everything else. And, you know, a, a team like the Broncos, if they get a quarterback, obviously their number is going to change dramatically. Uh, and that's why you get on them now. And they sort of have to stick that in the middle. But uh, right now, the Raiders having the longest odds in the AFC West to win the Super Bowl to me is perplexing. But it certainly presents a situation where I feel like there is a ton of value. So uh, as we sit out here in the desert in Vistan, uh, not a bad, not a bad play to back the hometown team. All right, coming up next, a huge top 25 slate in college basketball. We'll get to some of the biggest games on that coming up next, breaking them all down right here on Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you so much for making us part of your Saturday morning here on Vistan, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Want more local insight on the local betting market? Check out VEASAN's CityCast Sports Betting Podcast today. This is the best local sports betting podcast to keep you up to date on the line moves and odds for every team. There's no better resource for getting all the stats you need to make a great decision on your next bet. Check out the free local BetRivers Sportsbook CityCast podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Two Point Spread Saturday here on Beast Indy Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you for making us part of your Saturday morning as we get you set here on NBA All-Star Weekend. Next hour, we'll get into uh, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and the All-Star MVP as the game comes up tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, we'll look at some futures for the NBA as we hit the sort of metaphorical halfway point of uh, the NBA season and what is left. Of course, the trade deadline just lapses and 
We had so much movement going on, um, especially with the blockbuster trade between the Nets and the Sixers and how much that has shifted odds here in the NBA going forward. So uh, we'll get into all that coming up next hour. Plus, as well, we'll talk with Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus as we continue to look at NFL future odds and uh, some of the quarterback shuffling in the deck that may happen this offseason. Still lots left to get to here uh, in the NFL. But right now, let's turn our attention back to the hardwood in college hoops as we got a massive slate of college basketball games today in every major and minor conference out there. We'll turn our attention to the top 25 and some of the games that I am on today and some of the games that I like. And we'll start here in the SEC between number four, Kentucky hosting number 25, Alabama, Kentucky laying six and a half and a total of 154 and a half, depending on uh, where, where you're looking and where you're shopping right now. But both of these teams have been bad against the number all year long. Um, Kentucky 12 and 14 against the spread Bama nine and 17. So it has really been a sort of mixed bag uh, of results. And again, with Kentucky being as good as they are offensively and winning games, the fact that they are under 500 against the number sort of tells you where they are. Uh, the last time these two teams met, it was a 66 55 victory for Kentucky which is really counter to what these two teams are because they're both very high-scoring offense, both top 10 in America in offensive points per game, uh, number six for Kentucky, number nine for Alabama. Um, both of these teams average 80 points a game, and so the fact that it was 66-55 was certainly counter to what we would have expected from these two teams. Here's the big difference. Kentucky's defense, number 44 in America, allowing 64.7 points per game. Alabama, yeah, not so good. Number 305 in America, giving up over 75 points per game. So that's something here that if you're looking to place a wager, how much do you trust Kentucky to cover that six-and-a-half number with a defense that gives up 75 points per game playing an offense that scores over 80. Both of these teams are top 11 in America because Bama is number 11 uh, in rebounding. So we know they have size and they can compete that way. And they're both top 20 in the first half scoring uh, the first half over at 73. Just another way to sort of play this. If you want, I would expect both of these teams to get out and run clearly pushing the pace is what they favor. Certainly for Alabama, uh, since they don't have anything on the defensive end, it's to their strength to try to score as early and often and make the other team play catch up and hope they're not making their shots. Uh, but the first half lines to me are interesting because Kentucky minus three and a half, and again, an over of 73. I would lean on that over 73 in the first half, given where these teams are. If they both struggle in the first half, I would worry about Kentucky uh, covering the six and a half period. Uh, this is a game where it's almost like a correlating bet situation uh, that once again, if it goes under, you know, I, I as bad as Bama's defense is, uh, the fact that Kentucky is is not scoring to their average tells me that they're having a bad shooting day, and that would just favor Alabama covering that six-and-a-half-point spread. Again, not necessarily saying they'd win the game outright, but uh, I don't think at Rupp Arena Kentucky's going to have any problem scoring on the home court. And so I would look for a first half over 73 uh, as a play that I would make. I, I could – Get behind backing Kentucky, maybe for a half-unit play. Uh, it's just one of those things where they could be up by 10, and Alabama can backdoor this thing in the last minute with some free throws and some junk three-pointers and whatever it may be. Uh, it is a little bit of a large number, uh, especially since Kentucky's been so bad against the number this year. Hard for me to back them with a lot of confidence um, on their home court. But I would look to the total in this game. Uh, the 154 may be a little bit thick. Uh, when you talk about both of these teams being able to get in the 70s. And the only reason it, it kind of scares me is because of the way they played this game last time to a 66-55 final and didn't even get to 120. Uh, but 
again, if if these two teams are playing to their average, that over 73 in the first half is where I'd go uh, in this big matchup in the SEC. And next, let's pivot to the Big Ten, where we watch the number 12 Fighting Illini head to uh, East Lansing to take on Michigan State, the 19th-ranked Spartans. Uh, this game, a pick em with a total of 139-and-a-half. Uh, this is not a Michigan State team that's playing their best basketball right now. Um, they have lost three of their last four, both straight up and against the number. And in the last five games, this offense is only averaging 65 points per game. Now, the Illini not playing to their offensive average. Either they score about 74 points per game, they're only scoring 71 over their last five. This just feels like to me, and where I'm going to go here is I'm going to play the under 139. I think I, I, would, I would lean on the Illini, by the way. I, I, I probably would bet the Illini here um, in this spot just because of Kofi Cockburn uh, and how good of a player he is. These are the spots where I've seen this kid elevate time and time and time again, uh, puts his team on his back and carries him. I think he did it earlier in the year against Indiana when they were road favorites uh, by, by two or three uh, and just absolutely decimated Indiana down the stretch. I feel like it's the same sort of thing. I don't think Michigan State – um, has anybody that can defend Cockburn the way they need to uh, in order for him not to go off for, a, you know, a 20 plus point, 10 rebound kind of game. Um, and that said, you know, I think this is going to be an ugly muck it up big 10 style basketball. I would lean the under 139 and a half here. I don't think either one of these teams gets to 70. I think this is a spot where both of these teams will check each other early. They'll enjoy the slow pace. Uh, they'll play a lot more stingy defense, especially since Michigan state's offense hasn't performed well. They're six and six against the number at home this year, the Spartans are. And the really the difference may be for Michigan State, and here's where this game could really turn, is their three-point shooting. Uh, they are number nine in America in three-point field goal percentage at 38%. Uh, that's a huge number. And so if Michigan State is hitting their threes, it eliminates what Cogburn can do. It certainly will push him out of the middle of the of the the key and right by the basket and get him out on the perimeter a little bit to play some more defense, force him to run a little more, tire his legs out, possibly create a foul situation. But if Michigan State is hitting their threes, it's going to dynamically change this game. And certainly I don't think the under is going to come in. But I just think it's one of these games where you'll see these two teams sort of check each other early and often. Uh, maybe even the first half under wouldn't be bad either. But I would expect the pace to be very, very slow at the outset of this thing, um, just a very typical Big Ten, uh, ugly offensive muck fest uh, in college hoops, what we've, we've been used to seeing in years past. So uh, I'm going to take the under here between the Illini and the Spartans. Again, I would back the Illini just based off of Cockburn and, and how good he is in these spots, especially on the road, sort of thrives in those scenarios. Um, but again, I, I, if Michigan State's depending on the three to be able to win this game. All right, let's move from there to the Big 12, which may be the best conference in college basketball. As number 11, Texas Tech, is in Austin to face number 20, Texas, uh, in a game which we'll call the Chris Beard Invitational, right? I mean, uh, Chris Beard used to coach the Red Raiders. Now he's at UT. Line here, Texas laying three and a half and a total of 126. Texas Tech, one of the best cover teams in America, 18-8 against the number. Now, this is a Texas Tech team that is one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, the number two in points per game allowed at 57 points per game. But they have given up at least 70 in four of their last five. I kind of feel like Texas is fading here a little bit. Um, Texas Tech has a big rebounding advantage. They're number 59 in America in rebounds per game at 37. Texas number 243 in America at 33. So you give the size advantage and the rebounding advantage to Texas Tech 
They're three and zero. The Red Raiders are against the number as a road dog, and eight and one against the number against ranked teams. Texas is just eight and seven against the spread at home. I like Texas Tech here. Uh, there's a lot of reason and a lot of momentum to back the Longhorns, especially given their defense, because they can play so locked down. And I don't know that the Texas Tech offense is one necessarily that I have a lot of faith in, but. The fact that Texas's defense has stalled uh, over the last five games to me is something that Texas Tech could take advantage of. And the rebounding is a huge factor in this game for the Red Raiders. They'll have plenty of second-chance points, plenty of points in the paint opportunities, and that should be enough uh, for them getting points here. Uh, and I know it's that typical situation where you have a lower-ranked team um, favored against a high-ranked team, and that usually favors the lower-ranked team uh, in these spots. But I'm going to back Texas Tech here. Uh, as a more complete team on both ends of the floor. And the fact that they have been so good against the number this year uh, will lead me to take the three and a half points from the Red Raiders, obviously, uh, with some wiggle room there to, to lose the game and still cover. So, all right, we got a lot more to get to in college hoops, uh, some more SEC matchups, Big Ten as well, a huge matchup out west in the Pac-12. We're going to break up some more of these top 25 college basketball games next. And the Big East could be one of the surprise conferences. And we'll also look at futures for college basketball for national title and conference championship odds next that is coming up here on point spread saturday i'm mark zinno appreciate you joining us here on vsin the sports betting network more to come stay with us here on this saturday morning Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. It's Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide wide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Zen.com slash find. Now back to Point Spread Saturday with Mark Zinno. Welcome back in here to Point Spread Saturday on VSIN as we get more into college basketball. Coming up later in the show, we'll get to the NBA All-Star Game and uh, my choice for the three-point contest, dunk contest, and All-Star Game MVP. Also look at some NBA futures coming up. Let's get back to the college hardwood here as we continue through the top 25 slate. Uh, we'll also take a look at some conference futures uh, going forward, conference champion futures for College hoops. Back to the SEC here uh, in, in a very fun and exciting matchup between number 16, Tennessee, and number 23, Arkansas. Razorbacks laying two and a half at home and a total of 139. Both of these teams are exciting and a lot of fun to watch, and this should be a very exciting game. Arkansas is on a 7-0 ATS run right now, and they're 10-1 against the number in their last 11 games, including a win over Auburn, the number one team in the nation at the time. Uh, Tennessee 4-1-1 in their last six against the spread. Each of their last five games, Tennessee's averaging 78 points per game, and Arkansas is averaging 77 points a game. Where am I going with all this? 
over 139 and a half. Uh, it's tough to pick a side with these two teams. You feel like Arkansas, you know, this is where it may be a letdown spot for them after their home win over Kentucky. You know, they get the win over Arkansas, they get the win over Kentucky, and there's a ton of momentum. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden they kind of have a letdown spot uh, where they lose a game and it, it just feels like they are not, this is one of those sort of spots where they're not going to have their best game. Uh, and the other thing is that Tennessee's defense is very, very solid. They're number 27 in America in scoring defense, allowing just 63 points per game. Um, and so that makes me feel where I, it's a spot where I can feel like it's tough to sort of back um, Arkansas in this spot. But Tennessee's also been a little bit schizophrenic at times this year. You know, it, it's it's hard to figure that team out and, and who they are. Um, I know they're fun and exciting to watch, and I know they like to get out and score and run, but, you know, it doesn't always translate to them winning and covering. Um, and this is a game that tips off at 4 o'clock Eastern, uh, so it's a, it's a late afternoon game in sort of a, a weird spot on a Saturday afternoon. It's an ESPN game, so obviously they'll get a ton of attention. But, you know, Arkansas, um, you know, they, they get lose to Alabama, and then they beat Missouri on the road in sort of a, 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 a slow slugfest. And again, Tennessee with the win over Kentucky, uh, that revenge win that they had, maybe a letdown spot for them. So let's see how the game plays out. But I do think both of these teams will get out and run and they will score with a lot of efficiency today. I'll take the over 139 and a half uh, in this contest. Over to the Big East, where Xavier uh, will travel to Connecticut to take on UConn, 24th ranked Huskies. And a big number here for Connecticut laying seven points in a total of 140. Xavier's the better shooting team. Um, and, and UConn is the better rebounding team. In fact, UConn number four in America in rebounding here. Um, and But they are number 204 in field goal efficiency. So this isn't a very good shooting team. Maybe that's why they're so good at rebounding because they uh, miss a lot of their own shots and get the rebounds. Uh, but nonetheless, um, this seems like a big number for a Xavier team that's 4-1 and one against the number as an underdog uh, and 4-2 and two against the spread after a loss, which they are coming off of. Uh, and then you take UConn, just 10 and 11 this year against the spread as a favorite. And what feels like it's a big number uh, with the seven points here. So a slight lean on Xavier. Won't have a play, but I would lean on Xavier in this spot, given what the numbers tell me. And clearly UConn is, is, is a very competent team. But the Big East is one of these conferences where uh, we've seen a lot of teams sort of pull out wins that they're not supposed to. I shouldn't say pull out wins they're not supposed to. It just It's a lot more competitive than some of the spreads would allow you to believe. Uh, and Providence is certainly an example of that. Um, the, the, the way that they've been an underdog this year a lot and how well they've covered another really good spread team uh, is are the Providence Friars. But I'll take Xavier. I would lean on Xavier getting seven points here in this spot. Two more games here in the top 25 that will highlight back to the Big Ten as the Iowa Hawkeyes are in Columbus to take on number 18, Ohio State uh, Buckeyes laying five and a total of 152 and a half. Iowa's one of the best and highest scoring teams in the nation. They score 83 points per game, just a, you know, an insane amount of points for them. Uh, and they also have one of the worst defenses in the nation. Uh, number 233, allowing 72 points per game. Ohio State top 20 in America is number 16. In, as a matter of fact, in three point shooting, they average 38 percent from beyond the arc. Their whole game is based off the three-point shot. If you go back and look at the games this year, I think there was only one game, it was against Minnesota, where they shot less than 40% from three 
and won a basketball game. That's where they live and die. That's who they are. Uh, if they're not hitting three-point shots, the rest of this team seems to fall apart. Um, although they've been great at home this year. They're undefeated straight up at home and 7-4 and four against the number at home. And it feels like um, this is a spot where Ohio State could get tripped up given how competent Iowa's offense is and how much they can score. Um, but, you know, it, it really depends. Ohio State's like one of these things where you have to live bet it. If they're making threes early, it's an easy bet on Ohio State. It really is. Um, if they're not, well, it, it could be struggle fest all day long for the Buckeyes at home. Um, and, and again, this is a team, too, that uh, when they make threes, they're scoring high. When they're not, they're scoring low. So it's it's tough to figure out a total here. I, this is, would be a stay away from me or a live bet situation, uh, depending on how the game flow goes and how it unfolds. And you look at uh, uh, the way Ohio State is playing will tell me what kind of game this is. You know, you could take a wait, wait for the game to tip off, wait for a couple of sessions to go in and try to get to the over uh, of 152 and see if you can get maybe a little bit of a depressed number that drops down below 150 early on. But um, it really kind of just depends on Ohio State's ability to hit the three uh, and how much they can do that in this game, whether they can win and cover and whether the total goes over. One more game in the top 25. I'd like to highlight, head out to the Pac-12 out west. Late tip tonight uh, on the East Coast, the 10 o'clock start, 7 o'clock on the West Coast is Arizona. Third-ranked Wildcats host the Oregon Ducks in a huge number for the Wildcats, laying 13 points and a total of 149. Arizona's 7-0 straight up in their last seven games, but just 3-4 and against the spreads. However, they've seen some really, really big numbers over the course of the last seven games. The average spread has been 13.5 points that they've been favored by. So it's really tough. Again, they've had two 20-point spreads over the course of uh, this 7-0 run that they've been on. Um, and I'll look at this game very simply this way. Arizona averages 40 points in the first half of games this year, and they only give up 31. If I'm getting 7.5 or laying 7.5 as the number in the first half, I'd be more apt to back the Wildcats laying 7.5 at home and again, this is a team that's number eight in America in field goal percentage, shooting just 49%, or just under, I should say, 49%, not just 49%. That's 49% is amazing from the field. Uh, and, and look to them to get out early and not worry about the back door uh, or as they take their foot off the gas pedal in the second half against an Oregon team that um, is very good. Uh, that's really what it boils down to for me. So uh, I would take Arizona in the first half. Minus seven and a half there. All right, we've got a couple minutes left here. And what I'd like to do uh, is just look at some conference championship odds real quick. Uh, starting the two best conferences in the Big 12 and the SEC. As you look at some odds here, Kansas, the heavy favorite at 420. Baylor plus 700. Texas Tech at plus 750. And then you get Texas plus 3,000. Everybody else is way longer of a long shot there. See what Texas Tech does today. I think this is a team right here that has a shot to win this thing. The Big 12, there's a lot of these teams that can check each other, uh, and any of them can beat each other. We've seen that between Kansas and Baylor, Texas Tech and Kansas, Texas. I mean, they're all very competitive with each other. If you're getting better than 7-1, to that's where I'd put my money. I understand why Kansas is the favorite. They're a publicly bet team. Uh, they're a blue blood. Everybody knows who they are. That's why they're such a heavy favorite. But any of those other three teams at better than 7-1, to I think is a good value bet for the Big 12. Over to the SEC, Auburn at minus 750, Tennessee at plus 900, Kentucky at plus 1,300 um, to win the SEC. Now, that right there is the definition 
of value. Um, and, and again, there's a ch check around where you're getting uh, the, the, the numbers at your book. But uh, as you see it there on the screen, Kentucky getting different value um, there at plus 600. But uh, that's to win the, the entire college basketball championship, uh, not necessarily just the SEC. But again, a lot of that depends on the bracket and where they go and who they and, and who they have to beat, obviously. With Auburn and Tennessee, Kentucky losing to both those teams at some point this year um, puts them at the So, all right, we got a lot more to do here on Point Spread Saturday. Uh, coming up next, we will get into uh, back into the NFL and recapping some of the win totals and look forward to next season as well. I'm Mark Zeno. You've been watching and listening to Point Spread Saturday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit slash madness to sign up today. Welcome back into Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you starting your Saturday morning with us here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Uh, as we continue here on Point Spread Saturday, again, uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we'll get into the NBA All Star game, uh, my pick for the three point contest, the dunk contest, and uh, the All Star game MVP, as well as we'll look at some NBA futures for uh, the rest of this season and where things shake out after the trade deadline and uh, where teams are positioned as far as winning the NBA title is concerned. Uh, let's get back to the NFL here and sort of recap 
what we saw from last season is as far as win totals were concerned. Uh, there were 11 teams in the NFL that went over their posted win total. The Buccaneers, Rams, Packers, Patriots, Cowboys, Titans, Steelers, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, and Eagles. And those win totals range from 12 all the way down to six and a half. Uh, not many surprises in that group, really, other than the Eagles. Um, I, listen, I wasn't surprised by the Cowboys. When they had a healthy Dak Prescott, that changes the dynamic of their team. That is a 10-win team as long as Dak Prescott is the quarterback there. And if, again, when they post the win totals for next year, if you're seeing something at nine, nine and a half, take the over for the Cowboys. They're going to win 10 games in that division. Um, they are clearly the best team in that division. They clearly have the best quarterback in that division. Uh, I don't know that there's there's much debate about that at this point in time. You could say all you want about Mike McCarthy, but still, uh, that is a team right now. Uh, if you're getting a single digit, nine, nine and a half, again, take the over for the Cowboys. Uh, they should win the division again fairly easily. Now, I'd be surprised um, if it stays at nine or nine and a half. I think it would be closer to 10, 10 and a half, if not maybe even 11, uh, given, again, the division that they play in. But, um, you know, that team didn't surprise me. Uh, the Steelers clearing their win total didn't necessarily surprise me. I guess kind of how they got there did because their offense was so bad. Um, the Cardinals shouldn't have surprised anybody uh, as they went way over their win total of eight and a half. I, I guess clearly the Bengals were the surprise um, and the Eagles were the surprise. The Raiders didn't surprise me. I had them to make the playoffs last year. I got them at plus 350. I remember remarking before the season started that the Jaguars had better odds to make the playoffs last year than the Las Vegas Raiders did. So um, I, I'm not surprised by how good the Raiders are. As I mentioned earlier uh, at the top of the show when we talked about NFL futures, the Raiders right now at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Just insane that they are the, the, the lowest or have the longest odds, I should say, of any AFC West team to win the Super Bowl, especially right now when you have no idea who the quarterback of Denver is. And we saw a little bit of regression from the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, the Raiders, a playoff team from last year, uh, if they, uh, this is another team. What is the reason to believe that they can't win 10 games again? Uh, they'll get it. My guess is their win total will be at eight and a half. Um, and I would take the over. That, that's where I, I, I would guess their win total would be. Um, and, and part of the reason why their win total stays low is because there is so much other love publicly for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the Chargers because of Justin Herbert, and for the Denver Broncos because everything's swirling around them and the possibility of getting a quarterback. That's all pushing the number for the Raiders down, and the Raiders are a team that's going to continue to exceed. Uh, I, I think Josh McDaniels, if he can do anything that he can do for Derek Carr that he was able to do for Tom Brady and even Mac Jones to a certain extent, then you're going to see a lot of dividends for the Raiders. Uh, and that's a team that you should, you should be backing right now because uh, I think they'll exceed expectations. So uh, let me see where the number posts uh, when it does. All right. 17 teams went under their win total from last year. Uh, and it's a variety of teams, but again, uh, on some of the bigger names, the chiefs, Ravens, Browns, 49ers, Seahawks, Chargers, and Dolphins all went under uh, their win totals uh, this year. The Ravens probably were the biggest surprise, but you give them a little bit of a pass given the injury situation that they had. They put more guys on IR than any team in the NFL. Uh, the fact that they were even floating around 500, all things considered, uh, where they were and missed Lamar Jackson for the final three or four games of the year speaks volumes to, to what that team is. Um, you know, the 49ers were, were, I thought, a high win total to begin with. Uh, they, they were posted at 10.5. They come in at 10, obviously. But uh, that was a number I would have stayed away from. The Seahawks, for the first time, don't clear their win total with Russell Wilson at quarterback. 
Um, usually it was around uh, eight, eight or nine this year. It was at 10, uh, and they only get seven wins. Uh, the Vikings, we know why they didn't clear their win total, because Mike Zimmer is a bad coach. Fired, and they couldn't figure out a kicking situation. Hell, they lost, I think, five or six one-score games this year. Uh, and those are just killers when you talk about team total overs. The Miami Dolphins were a team I thought that was pretty primed for regression. Uh, now, they poured it on at the end of the second half after a 1-7 and seven start. And clearly, uh, we know all of, all of everything that, that happened with them. And Brian Flores is the head coach. But, um, you know, this is a team, again, I think that you're going to see an 8 or a 9 win total this year. And how much do you trust Tua and new head coach um, Mike McDonald to be able to change the offense? Uh, and make it something that is viable and something that matches a really, really talented defense. Um, so that's really kind of, you know, a, a question mark around them. Again, Denver, it's if they fix the quarterback situation, there's no reason they shouldn't go over. Let's see what happens. Um, and, and it's funny that we mentioned Denver. You know, there's an interesting conversation to be had here about uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, remember, he was, you know, obviously signs with the Vikings, but, you know, Denver was one of the other teams that was looking at him. And I began to think about this Matt Stafford wins a Super Bowl. Uh, and for all that we want to lift up Matt, Matthew Stafford right now, and I'm not saying we necessarily shouldn't lift up Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. But the idea that everything that went wrong in his career was just because he was in Detroit preceding this, I, I think is a flawed argument. Um, just because your second marriage works out doesn't mean that your first marriage was all the other person's fault. That's not how it works. Matt Stafford takes a big share of the blame for a lot of the things that went on in Detroit because he was the quarterback there. And clearly, if he needed to be surrounded by talent like Aaron Donald, who may be the second best defensive player ever when it's all said and done behind Lawrence Taylor and guys like all pros like Jalen Ramsey and, you know, having a, a, a world of a season that's second only to Jerry Rice behind with Cooper Cup. I mean, like if he needs all of this going on around him, that speaks to what kind of quarterback he is. And I got to say all that to bring up the fact that maybe Kirk Cousins, a change, change of scenery, and with all of that supporting cast around him, someplace maybe like Denver, where they have, you know, a, a, a legitimate offensive line uh, and a defense that can actually play, maybe that's a place where Kirk Cousins can elevate and win somebody a Super Bowl. Because in reality, if, if you look at Matt Stafford in Detroit and Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and even in Washington, um, they're kind of the same guy. They really are. Like, I don't see much difference between them. Um, you could talk about talent and arm and all the other stuff, but I really just don't see much of a difference between those two guys. And I think Kirk Cousins in the right scenario, go, go give Kirk Cousins to San Francisco and watch what that team does offensively, right? Like that to me is, is a, a scenario where he, he does phenomenal. I, I think, I think he's been in two situations, both in Minnesota and in Washington, that he's been completely derelict with coaching. Uh, from top to bottom. And it's not that he hasn't been surrounded by talent. Well, certainly not in Minnesota. He's got plenty of offensive talent around him in Minnesota. I don't think that's debatable at this point in time. But that said, uh, it's the talent on, the, on that Minnesota team has all been on one side of the ball, and that's been on the offense. Their defense is sort of lagged. But anyway, you know, different discussion for a different day. It's just one of those teams in the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins where you look at uh, the situation that he's been in, uh, and, and I don't think it's necessarily a problem with Kirk Cousins' uh being a, the the quarterback, that's the issue, right? Like Kirk Cousins may never be the problem, but he also may never be the solution. You can say the same thing about Matt Stafford. You can say that same thing about Matt Ryan. These are quarterbacks really that have never been the problem, but they've never really been the solution. Uh, four teams pushed their win total: Buffalo Bills, Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, and Houston Texans. Um, the Bills probably should have went over. Um, the, you know, and you could point to one game alone. Um, I think it was the game against the Titans where they went for two. 
uh, instead of kicking the extra point to tie the game. They didn't get it. They lose the game. I mean, that, you know, that's a real kick in the pants if you put the Bills over. But, uh, again, that's a team, if their win total is at 11, I would I would push the over again. As long as it's not 11 and a half, uh, I, would, I, would, I would lean on the over. Colts are going to be really tough uh, to figure out. Um, Carson Wentz, another guy, not the problem. But we don't know if he's the solution yet at this point in time. So, uh, and I'm a big Frank Wright guy, and I, and I think Carson Wentz is an incredibly talented quarterback. I don't know how much I can I can back that team given literally their lack of of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Unless they do something to address the wide receiver core, um, I, I don't know how much more we can continue to blame Carson Wentz when he's throwing to Michael Pittman and a bunch of uh, you know bad college athletes. So anyway, uh, that that takes care of all the win totals from last year and some forecasting going forward for 2022. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll turn our attention to the NBA, uh, the NBA All-Star game, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, the NBA All-Star MVP. As well, take a look at NBA futures or where they're going to be uh, post-trade and post-trade deadline and All-Star break. And we're all putting our money going forward. All right. Plenty more to do here on Point Spread Saturday on, on VEASAN. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you so much for watching and listening. To Beeston, the sports betting network, back with more on Point Spread Saturday right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.